Sometimes we also see uh, someone who will walk in with a cast on their arm or their foot. And usually when we see things like that, whether it's a Band-Aid, a walker, a cast, or anything, we'll ask questions. And we'll say, hey, what happened? How's it going? Is it serious? Physical illness tends to be talked about rather openly and readily. Mental illness, as mentioned, is not always as visible. And we, when, even when it is visible, we tend to not ask many questions, if we ask any. And perhaps because sometimes we're just not certain as to what questions to ask. And we become less comfortable with mental illness, more, more uncomfortable than physical illness. We don't always know what to say or how to say it. Mental illness has a stigma, and I, I think the stigma is reducing. I remember when I was a child, I remember mental illness being described as one thing. And this is all that I remember. It was, oh, this person or so-and-so went to the hospital because of a nervous breakdown. As a child, that's all I would hear about mental illness. It was referred to only as a nervous breakdown. And you only had a mental illness if you actually went to the hospital. And when they came out, we probably shouldn't talk about it with them. Now, thankfully, times are changing, and we are getting better at our conversations. And the reality is likely that every single person will be impacted by mental illness in one way or another. Impacted, whether it's yourself or a loved one. In the fall of 2018, one of the uh, bulletin boards out in the hallway um, in our church encouraged people to share their favorite songs and, and their favorite scripture passages and I think I preached on all the passages, but chose to leave this passage until now. And that's Psalm 88. This has been chosen by an individual in our congregation as one of their favorite psalms. Psalm 88 is referred to as a psalm of lament. A psalm of pain. It is a psalm that cries out. It is an open and honest cry to God from someone who is in the depths of suffering... And feels abandoned. Now, typically with psalms of lament, they will end with some sort of resolve. They'll end with some sort of praise even to our God. But Psalm 88, the psalm that we'll read this morning, it doesn't. In fact, if you are familiar with the psalm, you'll know how it ends. But if you're not familiar with it, how it ends will really pull at your heart. So let's read from Psalm 88, and before we do, let's come to God in prayer. God, you are a God of light, and so we ask that you shine the light of your grace and your word into our minds and hearts again this morning. Shine your light of grace and hope into our lives, especially where there may be darkness. In the name of Jesus, amen. So Psalm 88 is our reading. Psalm 88, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah for the director of music, according to Mahalath Leonoth. And Mahalath meaning sickness, and Leonoth meaning singing, so singing for sickness. A masculine of Heman the Ezraite. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. 
I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead like the slain who lie in the grave whom you remember no more who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And it's hard to say those words after a song like this. Darkness is my closest friend. The psalmist speaks of darkness in verses 1, 6, 12, and 18. Talks about life in the depths in verses 3 and 4 and 6. The imminence of death in verse 5 and 10 through 11. Feelings of drowning in verses 7 and 16 and 17. And then loneliness in verses 5, 8, 14, and 18. And finally, imprisonment in verse 8. Haman was a servant of God who was suffering intensely and did not understand why. And yet he persisted in praying to God. Haman is struggling with mental illness. And mental illness, as we hear from his description in this psalm, is isolating. Haman is feeling isolated and abandoned by people, and even God. To say that darkness is my closest friend is far too real for many of God's people. As already mentioned, Psalm 88 is a lament. It's not a petition. There's not one petition included in this prayer. There's not one asking of anything in this, in this psalm. It is a complaint. It is a crying out to God. And actually, if you notice, even putting blame on God. As the psalmist refers to God's wrath. And states that God has caused him to be where he is. Lament usually takes the form of crying out. And as we said, usually expresses some sort of praise. Or at least some hope at the end of the psalm. Psalm 88, the expression of hope, is not explicitly stated in this psalm. In fact, as we heard the words, it ends with, darkness is my closest friend. When I first read these words in the context of preparing to write this message on mental illness, 
This phrase really hit me, as it may have hit some of you this morning. Darkness is my closest friend. Just imagine for a moment what this might feel like. And the difficult part is perhaps some of you feel that way today. And so you don't even have to imagine. You know what it means to have darkness as your closest friend. But give that a thought for a moment. Just think about who is your closest friend. Somebody that you would call if you were to first get engaged or to announce that you're, you're expecting. Or somebody that you would call when you need a favor. Or somebody that you just, out of the blue, would just want to Facebook or Snapchat or, or just tweet any exciting news or just saying hello. Well, here, the psalmist ends with the unforgettable phrase, darkness is my closest friend. The discouragement of not reaching out, being able to reach out to anybody, feeling that nobody is reaching out to you. The frustration of not being able to see anything clearly or anything at all. Perhaps a claustrophobic or smothering feeling of being closely tight, or close, closed tightly in a dark room. Darkness is your closest friend. You can speak out loud and say what you want to the darkness, but there is no reply. Just stillness. Just kind of a sense of hopelessness. The psalmist is not saying here that God, you are my closest friend. No, the darkness is the closest friend. And the psalmist often speaks to those who have mental illness or have seen the impacts of mental illness. You see, when it comes to mental illness, mental illness has no boundaries. And it does not discriminate. It can take over at any age, at any education level or income level. It can take over in any culture. Mental illness can gradually or suddenly take over the healthy mind. You see, mental illness is not just something out there that we talk about out there. People with mental illness sit in our congregations. It impacts everybody, but mental illness itself impacts one in five people. So if there are ten people in your bench this morning, statistically speaking, there are two people in that bench who may have some form of mental illness in their lifetime. The person may be a child with anxiety or depression, a teenager or senior with suicidal tendencies, someone who has, uh, suffers with anorexia, an adult with agoraphobia or dementia, and the list of illnesses continues. Some of you are somewhat familiar with these illnesses, and others are because you live with it yourself, or because you know somebody who does. From time to time, I will hear from people of the difficulty that it is to attend church at times, or other functions, because simply you don't have the energy to be around people. Or other times there's the fear of the stigma and the whispers of shame. Mental illness impacts all aspects of a person's life. The social, the physical, the spiritual, the economic, and of course mental. And so the psalmist here, he's grieving two losses. 
He grieves the loss of his health. And again, there, there could be some physical health issues too, but for certain there is mental health issues. The second loss is relationships. The loss of relationships. Social and spiritual. And he indicates his loneliness. He expresses his anger in the psalm. He's desperate and bargaining to God. And he's in a deep depression. And he leads us into his journey of darkness. Again, there is no praise. There appears to be no hope. And again, verse 18 ends with darkness is my closest friend. So what's the purpose of Psalm 88 in the Scriptures? I think it's to allow us to speak in times that appear hopeless. And that God will listen when we cannot say, Lord, I praise Your name. Because I just can't say it. It's the vulnerability and openness to say that there will be times that we're unable to say those words. Sometimes, also with mental illness, comes lies. Lies that maybe you could have done something differently. With mental illness, there's sometimes guilt and shame. Am I praying enough? Do I not have enough faith? Am I being punished by God? But the psalmist declares that dark times are not on account of lack of faith. These dark times actually become part of people's journey with mental illness. Some of the resources in this message came from Cindy Holtrup, Christian Reformed Church pastor and chaplain. And she writes about her experiences with depression. Throughout my life, she says, I experienced bouts of depression. I have said darkness is my closest friend. The most recent depression lasted three years and took one year for me to recover. I felt abandoned by God, isolated without hope and without a sense of the future. And I wondered if I would ever get well. I wondered if I would ever preach again. I slowly did recover and I'm deeply grateful. But the reality is that because of my brain chemistry, I may experience times of depression in the future. She goes on to state, that let's think about mental health on a continuum. Just as some people are more physically healthy than others, some people are more mentally healthy than others and blessed with mental health, perhaps all their lives even. But just as a young, physically fit athlete can be struck with leukemia, a young person or an adult could suddenly develop schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, or any of a number of psychiatric illnesses. Perhaps a crisis happens, and suddenly a person experiences long-term grief and depression. Holtrop encourages us to do three things for those who are suffering from a mental illness. And those three things are listen, accept, and pray. We can pray on behalf of those who sometimes find it difficult to pray. Now in this situation, in this psalm, the psalmist still cries out to God. 
there is still a cry out, a complaint to God. And so in this psalm, we know that there's still a belief in God. Perhaps it's a tottering belief, but the cry goes out to God, the maker of heaven and earth. God, the provider and redeemer and restorer. Psalm 88 allows people to cry out in their utter utter frustration and anger towards God without saying that we are subpar Christians or that a person doesn't have enough faith. Other times in people's lives, it's difficult to cry out. You see, the point of this psalm is not only to teach us that, yeah, we should be crying out, But the point of this psalm is, no, that people have darkness. That maybe they are able to cry out, but they can't cry praises. Or maybe they're not even able to cry out in circumstances. As been mentioned several times, this psalm ends in a deep complaint. But it doesn't stay forever. Because God will answer the prayer the prayers of the psalmist, the prayers of the people. But the time in between may seem forever for the person and the loved one going through it. So where is the hope in this psalm? Psalm 88 is for anyone who's experienced the darkness or depression or other isolating events. And yet Psalm 88 is not the final answer. I think verse 1 is the one expression of hope where the psalmist acknowledges that God saves. And there's also hope again as this psalmist is crying out to God. But what happens when mental illness prevents us from recognizing that God saves? Or that even we can cry out to God? What happens when mental illness keeps us with the thought that darkness is my closest friend. Again, you've got to understand that this is a terrible season in life. And we cannot lose hope in the comfort and knowledge that we are never left alone. Our God is always with us. It's not explicitly stated in this passage, but it's implicit. Sometimes we may not be able to feel that we can reach out to God, but He's always reaching out to us. And we can remember that there is not always resolution in a timely manner. We don't know what's next for this psalmist after he ended with darkness is my closest friend. I don't know why there's no resolution mentioned, But we know without a doubt that this lack of resolution is not due to lack of faith. This psalmist is plagued with an illness. Now in addition, when one cannot pray, it's important that the community of saints is praying on behalf of others. So it's important that that we know that we need to pray and we know what to pray. And maybe at times, we'll not always know the names and maybe not even the specifics. And so as a community, we lift up those unknown needs to God as well. 
the final expression of the hope is actually in the ending verse. It's sad. But we also know that there is more. And Psalm 88 is to be taken into the context of all the Psalms and the whole of Scripture. Any passage in Scripture is never a standalone passage. Psalm 88, as this one does, it pertains to a season of life. But every passage continues to point us in seeking the light, in seeking the light of Jesus. And I think first and foremost, to be reminded that God is a God who seeks us. That God is a God that has claimed us, His people, as His prized possession, as one of His children. And when darkness may feel that it is our closest friend, God continues to hold us closely as His chosen friend and His chosen child. God never fails to reach out to us, even at times when we feel He's unreachable. Archibald D. Hart He's a Christian psychologist from Fuller College in California. He states, quote, And even if our dreams are delayed, detoured, or never come about the way we want, we always can still hold on to the faithfulness of our God. Through the lens of Psalm 88, this morning we can grow in our understanding of what it means to struggle with mental illness what it means to walk alongside those who have mental illness, and what it means to wrestle with God in these situations. Remember that Jesus entered into this dark world. And even at one point, darkness appeared to be his closest friend. As a human being, Jesus was subject to death and emotions and abandonment. And he cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This was hell for Jesus. But he rose from the dead. And we can look forward to the day that Christ will wipe away all our tears and all our pains and all our sorrows. And in the tension of the resurrection of Jesus and his return, as a church, we can learn how to best support those struggling with an illness. That as a church, we will not misunderstand people. And that we'll not label people on account of their illness. But that each person is made in the image of God and is not defined by their illness. They're defined that they belong, body and soul, life and death, to their faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. They are a son, a daughter of the King. Let us continue to welcome and walk with people and families as a community of faith. As God's people, the community of saints, we can listen and accept and pray. And not to take offense if someone were to say, darkness is my closest friend. Our pride might say, I thought I was being a friend. We don't have to understand everything all the time. We don't have to have lived through it to help somebody out. There is so much that many of us have lived through, but then also so much that we have not lived through. And we continue to listen, accept, and pray. 
And we have to enter into situations that most of the time we are unable to fix things. But God has put us into the situation to be present, to be compassionate, to be the listening brother and sister in Christ. Christ may be sending us into the situation to bring that ray of light, that ray of hope into the darkness. Amen.